Uh, do you think the National Guard presence at the Capitol at the level we have today should continue? If so, for how long? You know, um, Senator, I'm not sure that I'm really the best equipped to evaluate the National Guard presence. Okay, um, fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, you are the best equipped to talk about the capability of the FBI. Um, do you have enough people and resources to deal with all the threats we've been talking about this morning? <laughs> well, uh, needless to say, Senator, I, I welcome and appreciate the question. Um, everywhere I go, someone has really good ideas about things they think the FBI should be doing more of. Uh, but I have not found very many people with great ideas, or at least responsible ideas, of things the FBI could be doing less of. And so our folks are, are busting their you-know-whats yeah, to try to deal with all these threats. Uh, we. We need more agents. We need more analysts. We need yeah, more let, data analytics, just, et cetera. Let's, let's just stop there because <clears throat> we need to learn as much as we can from January the 6th. This is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Are you concerned about international terrorists paying us a visit? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Are you concerned about the interaction between international terrorists and domestic terrorists? That's a growing phenomenon, certainly something we're watching with concern. One of my great concerns was that as people flowed into the Capitol with backpacks on, you had no idea who, who they were and what they were carrying. So it had been very easy for some international terrorist group to infiltrate this crowd. Do you now, that's an interesting question from Senator Lindsey Graham. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Christopher Ray, FBI Director, talking about the Capitol riots January 6th, answering questions. That's an interesting question. Do you have groups here in the U.S. working with groups internationally, and do you see that as an issue? That conversation of somebody walking in with a backpack is a legitimate one. And it is one of the many reasons I said from the beginning and I continue to say the response from the Capitol Police should have been force. And I am still at a, at a loss as to why that did not take place. I will say it again, I will say it clearly, I will say it for the people in the cheap seats. The response should have been force. Now, this leads us to another interesting story uh, where Capitol Police are completely fine with people having firearms. Kerry Pickett with the reporting over at the Washington Examiner. There's no need for metal detectors at, at each uh, uh, house floor entrance, was exactly what Nancy Pelosi put on the house floor. Of course, this is a ridiculous idea. But Capitol officials are saying that outspoken House members, people who want to carry a firearm, are not a physical threat to fellow lawmakers, which is absolutely true. And one of the great lies is that these members feel threatened because others want to engage their Second Amendment rights. What I would argue to those other members who feel threatened is don't run for for Congress, go work at Dairy Queen, you'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. But could someone have come to the Capitol with a backpack and planted a bomb or been the bomb? The answer is yes, which is why the response should have been forced. And I still don't have a good answer as to why it didn't happen. And I know that there are people on the right who disagree with me on on this. And okay, I'm just going to make my case, man. 
Nothing more, nothing less. You don't allow people to walk into your house and mess it all up. And you don't allow people that you don't know to walk into your house and mess it all up. You don't allow that to happen at the Capitol. You don't allow people to walk into the taco stand, Joe Scarborough, and tear it all down and burn it all down. Of course not. Of course not. It was Joe Scarborough who said uh, that the taco stand is not as important as the U.S. Capitol, to which I said, uh, you never owned a taco stand. Because to the guy, to the men and women who own taco stands, well, a taco stand is pretty dang important. If only because that's how they feed their families. And equally as important as the Capitol. One of the great, great problems, the one of the biggest mistakes being made out there, and it is certainly happening in this hearing with Christopher Ray. And by the way, I think the hearing with Christopher Ray is fine. I think that we need to be very clear about the fact that white supremacists exist, uh, but they, they aren't uh, on every street corner. I think we need to be very, very clear about the fact that Antifa exists, but they aren't on every street corner. That they're not an idea, that they're a threat, uh, that these threats to the way we live are a problem, and then we need to be ad- they need to be addressed. Of course they do. I don't, I don't say no to that. They need to be addressed. What I think also needs to be addressed is the fundamental civics lesson necessary in the United States, that Washington, D.C. Washington, is not government. Let's say it again. Washington, D.C. is not government. The Capitol is not government. The Supreme Court is not government. The White House is not government. We are government. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, to ensure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this constitution of the United States of America. The Constitution is the how of America, how we do the things. It starts with we, the people. We're the ones who count. So if somebody at the Capitol thinks that a riot there is more problematic than a riot in Minneapolis, they don't know anything. Of course they're wrong. By definition, they're wrong. If Joe Scarborough from MSNBC wants to say that the taco stand isn't as valuable as the Capitol, Joe Scarborough is a know-nothing. We matter more. And if we matter more, that means we need to protect us. And that protection involves the citizen being able to utilize a firearm as they see fit. The the gun grabbers, they should be immediately cast aside, specifically groups like Moms Demand Action, which lies about being actually interested in quote-unquote common sense gun reform. They're only interested in gun grabbing. And you could probably offer, offer up another 100 groups in there. More people, more people should be involved in utilizing their Second Amendment rights, getting trained, learning what it means, learning what there is, is, is afforded them as free people in a free nation, and being able to protect themselves and the ones that they love. The idea, you know, violence never solved anything is the expression. Uh, tell that to the Civil War. Violence solves a whole bunch of things. I don't believe in violence for the sake of it. But I do believe in a proper response. I do believe that your job is not to sit there and be abused. And I think what happened to Capitol Police is that they got abused. And I'm bothered by that. 
Some people were upset with the election results. Okay. They thought that uh, Mike Pence was supposed to somehow send the, uh, the, the results back to the states and say, recertify these. He had no constitutional right to do such a thing. And they decided they were going to show members of Congress what's what. All right. They don't have my support on that. My answer, rubber bullet. Now, if you say to me, Tony, how dare you? I'm going to look at you and say, how dare you not? How dare you not? How dare we begin to think that any conversation should exist where we don't think people should protect and defend themselves? Well, Tony, it's, it's, it's elected officials. They have to listen to us. They have to listen to a riot? You don't believe that. I don't believe that. No one believes that except the crazy person you sometimes have over for Thanksgiving. And every time they leave, you look at your spouse and say, we are not having them back. Just so we're clear. If you were to ask me, hey, Tony, uh, uh, the, the, the tree of liberty has to be watered from time to time with the blood of tyrants and patriots. Right, Thomas Jefferson. Well, I believe that to be true. If you were saying to me, don't you believe that? I'm like, yes, I believe that to be true. But first, don't ever forget it's the blood of tyrants and patriots. So are, are, are you ready? And secondly, your argument is not one that the federal government engaged in any usurpation. Your argument is that states around the nation, whether it be Pennsylvania, what happened in Georgia, what happened in Clark County, engaged in usurpation. And there's a way to fight that. They changed the rules. I don't disagree. There's a way to fight that. And the way you fight it is not with a guy who says he's a shaman dressed as a centaur walking around the Capitol and taking selfies. If you're taking selfies, you're not really involved in an insurrection, now are you? These weren't tough guys. These weren't patriots as I see them. These were visionless fools who should have been met with force. Antifa should be met with force in Seattle and in Portland force rioters should have been met with force in indianapolis indiana minneapolis minnesota new york and chicago met with force every time they destroyed a building every time they thought it was okay to set something on fire met with force why not because i want it but because how else do you stop it there are real reasons to engage the separation as the Declaration of Independence describes. I don't say no, I say yes. And this kind of talk, by the way, this kind of talk gets you thrown off radio. And what kind of talk is it? It's the honest conversation of what happened on, on January 6th. A riot took place, not insurrection, a riot. A riot that should have been put down. And what we need to understand is, what were all the things that failed to happen to be able to do that? And so I don't mind this, this conversation at all. I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of Christopher Ray. I'm not saying that he isn't understaffed and he needs more people. I'm not making that argument at all. I'm saying he's probably right. I'm saying that we need to look at this thing 
logically. We need to be honest and clear about it. We need to understand that the people who engaged in this were some of them white supremacists. Yeah, I guess so. Were some of them militia groups, as has been described by by, uh, Christopher Wray, the FBI director? Yeah. Were some of them just people like out for a good time? All right, what's this all about? Yeah. You want to argue with me that there were no Antifa folk there? You can can argue it. But since we know that one guy who took the video was an Antifa guy who was thrown out of another group, we we know that's true. (laughs) So so we should just say so. Organized by Antifa? No, clearly. They, They seem to have proven not organized, or at least that's what they're saying, not organized by Antifa. Different than whether or not someone from Antifa showed up. Or multiple people from Antifa showed up. Or multiple people who wanted to engage in agitation showed up. But then again, if you allow yourself to be agitated, it's a whole other thing. Being honest about these things matters. Matters greatly. Matters greatly. So let them have uh, the hearing. Let them go over it and go through it. Let them discuss what they want to discuss. The end question is, what's the plan? How do you ensure these things don't happen? And that's about having a better system for you. Because if the answer is, well, we need to more throttle the people, well then, now we've got a reason to the separation. And that's why you got to always remember that the Capitol or, or the government is not the Capitol building and the government is not the White House and the government is not the Supreme Court. The government is you, me, and we. It is the person who owns the taco stand. When they want to discuss throttling the people, we have to remember that it's we the people. I'm Tony Katz. Dave Portnoy is the mind behind Barstool Sports, and he is starting an ETF. Now, if you have to ask what an ETF is, maybe you're not somebody who should be investing. An That's ETF, not true. Maybe it is, though. Don't you tell me how to have this conversation, Producer Ari. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's an ETF, Producer Ari? I, it's, it, basically, it's like a, a group of... Like a group of stocks, I guess I would d- describe it as. That is well done. It is an exchange-traded fund. And Portnoy has put himself in this ETF that they're calling Buzz, B-U-Z-Z. And what Buzz is going to do, it's going to track, using artificial intelligence, social buzz on the top 75 large cap stocks each month. They focus on stocks with a market capitalization of over $5 billion. And he's going to share with you what it is that they're investing in. What it is maybe you could be investing in. They're going to monitor approximately 15 million online posts a month, as I see it. Uh, Basically, it's twitchy for stocks. Now, this is how is this uh, in relation to a response to um, to Robin Hood? It's right. So Robin Hood is where you buy and sell stocks, and they're the ones who didn't let you sell GameStop or or buy GameStop or AMC uh, for a while, even though they were supposed to democratize the buying of stocks. It's di- this is different. It's yes, but this came about because that Reddit group was talking about stocks and they got involved in this. So basically, the idea came from that that all these people are talking about this stocks. If there's a way we could create an algorithm to track what people are talking about and invest in, 
it's the same way as the Reddit people on their own talking about it. So I think it it came from that. So the question will be, and by the way, I think it'd be easy to create that algorithm. I have the guys who could create that algorithm now. Right, let's do it. Right? There, more can be done than just than just this. Uh, the, the question before us, of course, is, is will this be seen by the by the powers that be as a threat and unacceptable and push to take them all down. I mean, they'll, they, you know, they, they, the, 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 high, the, the rich people change the rules with the stock market. So they can decide that this is illegal now and just do it. And no one will be able to do anything because after Robin hood, there are no rules anymore. Right. Here are the, um, holdings on their website. Their current holdings are Twitter, DraftKings, Ford motor company, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Advanced Micro Devices, American Airlines, Netflix, and Tesla. By the way, take no stock advice from me whatsoever. Never listen to me on any stock at all at any time. Do not listen at all. Thank you very much. I have spoken. Uh, I think this is interesting. I think it's interesting that people are finding ways to get involved and see how they can make it work for them. What I find more interesting about Portnoy is that Portnoy did a lot of, um, he did a lot of day trading during coronavirus, lost a bunch of money, as he said it, but I mean, he could have made millions and didn't tell us. Um, And people were listening to him and following almost in this Pied Piper kind of style. There is without question a, a a desire to uh, stick it to uh, the hedge fund managers or these other uh, Wall Street bigwigs who have basically been playing the game and playing others in the game. And yet when the others want to play, they're like, no. And people are like, oh, this isn't going to work. And it does come from that Reddit group. Now, this algorithm has been uh, developed for a while. It was created five years ago. And according to the article, he was approached by the team behind the fund. Let's see if it works. Let's see if it's if, if what social media has to share uh, creates a return. Invest on your own. I gave you no advice. I'm Tony Katz. I love it when we're right on it. Like, we're not just hovering around the target. We're just, we, we, we pinpointed it, and, and we've dropped our bombs, and we're just sitting back with the cigar and the bourbon talking about what, what, a, what a good job we did. This was on uh, uh, Twitter. Um, FBI Director Ray, who is testifying in front of Congress, the Senate Judiciary Committee, on uh, the Capitol riots, which I don't have any problem with them having these kinds of hearings. Director Ray explained to Congress today that Antifa is not a domestic terror group, despite more than 100 days of vandalism, riots, arson, bombings, lootings, and attack on law enforcement. Online QAnon conspiracy theorists are, however, domestic terrorists. And it is, it is so absolutely directly focused on how we started the day. And how we started the day is, is, is simple. You have to be discussing all of it, not just some of it, not just pieces of it, all of it. Every last bit. And if you're not, then it's, it's total dishonesty. It's unworthy. 
if you're only going to focus on the white supremacists and not focus on all of the issues and not focus on the people who destroyed cities and murdered people, uh, then I'm sorry, we, 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 we can't have much of a conversation. Uh, we, we, I'm pretty sure we can't have a conversation at all. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's a pleasure, guys. 833-GOT-TONY. I'd love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. I should do better on taking calls. You know, it's not me. It's, it's producer Ari. He doesn't want to take your call. Woo! So, so uh, 833-468-8669. I have been trying to keep up with what in the bloody heck has gone on with Dr. Seuss, and I can't do it. I have no idea why Dr. Seuss is a problem. Why, why is there a cancellation of Dr. Seuss? Six Dr. Seuss books won't be published for racist images. Wasn't Dr. Seuss that wrote the book about how problematic the Nazis were? Wasn't that him? Heck, I just learned that the Wizard of Oz is a whole conversation uh, about uh, politics. Oh, yeah, there's they're crazy, crazy stuff in, in how the original book um, is, is, is presented and, and the, the political conversation therein. It's nuts, I tell you. How the cowardly lion is actually William Jennings Bryan. I mean, it's who uh, was a force in the, in the Democratic Party. He was from Nebraska. He was, a, he was Secretary of State for Woodrow Wilson. Like it's, it's crazy how that how that all connects. I don't know about Dr. Seuss, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, and if I ran the zoo, will stop being published because of racist and insensitive imagery. According to Dr. Seuss Enterprises, they said in uh, the Associated Press, uh, to the Associated Press, in a statement, these books portray people in a way that are hurtful and wrong. And the other ones are Mr. Uh, are, are McKellicott's Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. I do not know off the top of my head, any of these books. In the book, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, an Asian person is portrayed wearing a conical hat, holding chopsticks, and eating from a bowl. And If I Ran a Zoo includes the drawing of two barefooted African-American men, or African men, wearing what appears to be grass skirts with their hair tied above their heads. Okay. It's if if they don't want to put the book out anymore, don't put the book out. Feel you're not going to see me get worked up over it. It's your book. It's your book. You do whatever it is that makes you happy. Just don't tell me I can't read the books that I want to read. If you don't want to put out your book, I think that's rational. I can agree or disagree. It makes no difference. It's your book. So I don't know what else I'm supposed to do and get worried or bothered by 
by this. If you think the book hurts you and your brand going forward, okay. But when Ryan Anderson writes a book, right? And Ryan Anderson writes a book about transgender uh, children and some of the problems that we're seeing. And you say, you know, we're not going to carry that book. Like your Amazon, you're like, we're not going to carry that book because that book is is unacceptable. Well, then that's when you should get sued for $400 trillion. That's what we should find as wholly and completely unacceptable. Well, I'm not, do I have it wrong here? Like, am I missing something about the, uh, am I missing something about this Dr. Seuss thing that I shouldn't be? Because I, I don't see where the, where the brouhaha is. Should they not be bothered by it? Well, yeah, I can tell them not to be bothered by it, but they chose to be bothered by it, so they're not going to carry it, or they're not going to publish it. All right. Far different conversation than whether or not you tell me you're not going to carry this book because someone might be offended by it. See the difference? The writer versus the publisher or versus the, the bookstore? Books can offend. Holy cow, books can offend. As a matter of fact, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> it's, it's probably very valuable that the book offends. So if I'm missing any part to this story about Dr. Seuss, let me know. Real, really and truly, let me know. I'm more bothered by the story about the 18-month-old on the plane. Did, did we share the story yet? No, we talked about it, but not on air. Right. So so there is this Frontier Airlines flight, Miami to LaGuardia, which is New York. And this this family's told they have to leave the plane. Why? Because their 18-month-old won't wear their mask. It's an 18-month-old. You can't get an 18-month-old to do nothing. They're going to sit there, smile, cry, crap their pants. That's what they're going to do. It's kind of what 18-month-olds do. Now, part of this story is um, that the, uh, the family in question are Hasidic Jews. Right? The family in question are Hasidic Jews, and so there's a question of whether or not it was anti-Semitism that they were thrown off the plane. The family, the video is there, it's clear as day. The family, they're all wearing masks. They are all wearing masks. Can you name or can you show me other places where the 18-month-old is thrown off the plane for not wearing a mask and doesn't involve a religious Jews? I have no way of knowing whether or not this was the case. And I can't take Frontier Airlines and compare it to everything that's happened in New York because what's happened in New York is some straight-up bigotry. Like cops looking into people's houses, looking into schools. How are, are, are you sure you don't have any children you're teaching here? Shutting down parks, literally putting like locks on park gates so people can't play in them. Crazy, crazy stuff. I'm telling that Jewish community they better not get together. Crazy. I but I can't compare that to to Frontier Airlines. I just have to ask, since when do we think an 18-month-old has to wear a mask? Do you know how out of your head crazy you are to think that an 18-month-old has to do this? 
I mean, we should be we should be completely clear. If someone believes this, if someone believes this and thinks that's wrong and and has an issue with it, that person should have to leave the plane because they're not mentally well, and they should do three days in some kind of facility so we can check them out. If you're upset with the 18-month-old not wearing a mask, yes, you should have to spend three days being examined by experts because you're not well. You're, you're too fragile for today's society. Kids, I guess, could spread it. Kids don't get sick. And we have to accept limitations on the things. You can't get an 18-month-old to keep a mask on. So stop trying. But the 18-month-old has the right to fly home with mom and dad. Just get over it. But this is not a case of somebody complaining. This is a case of the airline saying, oh, we're not following the rules. You got to go. I would fire the pilot, by the way, and the co-pilot and the entire staff, uh, all the flight attendants who said you have to leave the plane. I would fire them all and I would consider firing the CEO. Oh, not because they're Hasidic Jews. No, 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 no. I, I have no idea how that plays in or not. I can make a guess, but I don't have anything yet based on the reporting that takes me in that place. But for thinking that you should not f- fly to your destination because the 18-month-old, I'd fire all of them. Because they were not trained right. They were not trained at all. Or uh, they, they were trained, uh, I guess I could blame the training, or they lost their humanity, and I wouldn't want those people in charge of an aircraft anyway. I'm Tony Katz. Petaluma, California. I think that's how you pronounce it. P-E-T-A-L-U-M-A. Well, their city council has voted unanimously to become the first city in the United States to ban both the construction of new gas stations as well as adding more gas pumps to existing stations. Yeah, I thought that was the one that fit. I mean, I mean, maybe it's just nonsense. They had a moratorium on building new gas pumps in 2019, so this is just making it it permanent. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Um, California wants to ban the sale of new gas and diesel-powered cars by 2035. They want to become carbon neutral by 2045. All this electric car talk, we don't have the power to charge all these cars. I think it was Volvo that just announced they want to be all electric. General Motors has said this. I don't have an argument. You know, go the way you want to go. How are you going to power everything? That's the question. We don't have it. Petaluma decided to get its own stricter plan to get to zero emissions by 2030, and that's why they're saying no new gas stations. So you have to assume they're going to close gas stations pretty soon. By the way, the town is 15 square miles. It has 61,000 residents. 
and they think we're good. We've got more uh, than, than enough to cover everybody. They've got 16 gas stations and one future gas station that was recently approved. That's the last one. That's the last one. How do you feel about having to drive an electric car? I mean, they're beautiful, and, and I think they're, they're, they're fascinating. Look, the, the, the new Hummer, the electric Hummer, oh. <laughs> I, I, I want one. I also want a 63 Lincoln Continental with suicide doors convertible. I think it's a 63, maybe it's a 64. I just want it. I want it more than the electric Hummer. And I drive an H3. That's my car. It's, oh, it's great. Oh, it is great. It's the five-cylinder. It's fantastic. You know, I mean, there, there are other cars that do better on gas. I, I'd say it does 16 to the gallon, maybe more. And just touch more. Um, super comfortable ride. I've driven it to places like Atlanta and back. I, I live in Indianapolis. and I, Oh, terrific. Just, just absolutely terrific. I don't have my... It, you want to have electric cars it's fine i don't know how we're going to charge them all i honestly i honestly don't know how this this moves on down the road where we get all the power from doesn't that have an effect doesn't it have a drain and is it is it the safest way to go to say no gas-powered vehicles i i have no clue no clue if that's the safest way to go Oh, wait, no, I do. It is not the safest way to go. I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, Volvo may find great success with this. I think, is it, is it, Ford just came out with the, Ford came out with the Mustang that isn't the Mustang that's electric, the SUV one. And it's like, why in the world do you call it a Mustang? It, it's cool looking. But if I want a Mustang, I'm getting the Mustang. I, and by the way, Mustang, awesome. Awesome. I'm a big dude. Mustang, super comfortable. Super duper comfortable. I, I, I'm not interested in, in, in going down the road of, uh, of needing electric on something that is meant to be a muscle car. It's meant to have that roar. It's meant to have that power. Oh, I don't want them to go the other way at all. At all. But they, they took this, this kind of like this SUV and they named it Mustang. I don't know why. Like, do you screw with an iconic brand? Or, or did, were they just like, no, 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 we can absorb this. It's fine. It's Mustang. It's not as big. It's not as important as, as we think. That's pretty crazy to me. Like, how do you? How do you do that? So GM is doing this. Ford is added on. Uh, Volvo is now going full electric. Everybody going to try and give uh, Tesla a run for their money. And that stock price is just running away like crazy, like mad. Just nuts. Uh, You know what I didn't get to? I didn't get to the worst headline of the day. I didn't get to the worst headline of the day. We have Uh, another hour. Yeah, I know we have another hour, but I wanted to share it now. I'll tease it. Doctor appears in court video call while performing surgery. Source headline of the day.
can't believe I didn't get to it quicker. All right, I promise I have a better one. I'll, well, I'll still do it in the next hour, but I promise I have a better one tomorrow, too. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, this is Tony Katz Today.